And welcome back to the Nurse Man Dan Show. I am Nurse Man Dan. And yes, I am putting out another episode in the same day, roughly. Uh, I was just driving home from a buddy's house today, and I drove by a uh, hospital I used to work at, um, where I still have to drop off labs occasionally. And I saw these uh, Heroes Work Here signs up. And I just... Uh, the the nerve trigger went off of me and I decided I had to get home and get on this thing and just do a little rant. And I'm letting anybody listening now that is a nurse, this is going to offend you. You are not going to like what I'm saying. And if this makes you mad, you are doing exactly what I'm talking about. If it doesn't make you mad, I mean, if it doesn't offend you, then you're not one of these people I'm talking about, Okay. But I just want to get into this because I'm sick and tired of seeing these heroes work here signs. When the hospitals, really at the end of the day, you are just, the employees themselves are just a, a person to them. They are just part of the business. They don't care about the employees, okay? So when they, you know, and all these signs didn't go up until COVID started, right? Got The flu is around every year, is it not? Every year, get your flu shot, get your flu shot here, get your flu shot there. And I'll tell you right now, how many people still don't go get their fucking flu shot? A lot of people. And then they get the flu and they want to bitch and complain. A lot of people do get the flu shot. And it's free everywhere, right? But when the flu comes around, there was no heroes work here signs. You know, I mean, hospitals were short staffed prior to this too. It's not like this is new. You know the reason, in my opinion, and this could be wrong, the reason hospitals are short-staffed right now, at least in the case of where I was employed at the time of COVID, at the time when I was working in the emergency room, uh, COVID, uh, I actually had, um, I don't know how much of this I can actually say. Let me just try to think how to word this. Um, the hospital I worked at, the first person to come into the ER with COVID was my patient. And we didn't have masks on back then. You know, this was just a regular, I mean, this was an everything day thing. You just went in, treated patients. If it was something you thought was contagious, blah, blah, blah. But I had no idea what COVID was. And I remember going into the room and uh, like, you know, seeing like, hey, what's up, dude? You know, sir. Uh, and I remember him coughing like vividly. And I remember I was in the middle of asking him a question and I like felt, you know, particulate from his mouth and lungs hit like the back of my throat. And I got a weak stomach. So as soon as I felt that, I was like, like I thought I was going to throw up all over this man. I didn't. Um, So I did my little triage, my little assessment, listened to him. He didn't sound good at all, by the way. I go out and I put the, uh, you know, my assessment in the, the medical record. And then the doc goes in and he comes out and he's like, you know, this sounds an awful lot like that COVID thing. I was like, you know, in my mind, like, what the fuck is, what is this COVID thing you're talking about? <clears throat> and he explained it to me and I mean, he looked right at me. I wish I could tell you his name because, you know, uh, well, anyways, he looked right at me. So he said, uh, you should probably put a mask on. And I was like, oh shit. Like, like it went on not lockdown, but like, <clears throat> The mood in the ER like definitely like changed, and um, I think it was like the next day, day after, um, they uh, you know called me into the office and 
I had to do the test and blah, blah, blah. Or no, no, it was an email. Excuse me. They were like, um, you're, you're at home for two weeks now. Just stay home. You're quarantined. You're not supposed to go out and do shit for two weeks. I had absolutely no symptoms, by the way. Um, I'm not going to tell you if I stayed inside or not during that quarantine. I guess it doesn't really matter. I didn't. Uh, I played golf almost every day, got paid for it, and it was awesome. Uh, if that's the case, I wish we could get COVID every, every time um, because I'd probably continue to play golf every day. Um, anyway, so, so it wasn't until COVID happened, right, that these signs started coming up. And prior to that, it was nothing. We were busy uh, for the ER we worked at, I worked at. Uh, it was a fairly steady busy. I mean, you had just slow days. Um, it wasn't like a super heavy trauma ER like I've mentioned. But, I mean, there were days when we were busting ass. Um, but there was never a sign. There was never anything from the public, never anything from the community like, oh, these nurses, these doctors, these EMTs, right? Nothing, nothing. When in reality, in the case of where I worked, we were 100% significantly busier prior to COVID. Prior to COVID, okay? So here's what happens when COVID hits. God, sorry, I hit the mic. Here's what happens when COVID hits. People, at least, like, I, I want everybody listening to understand this. At least, this is at the hospital I worked at myself. I cannot speak for any of the other hospitals, okay? The hospital I worked at got much slower. I remember going into work, and they made, you know, everything blew up. Everybody was all freaked out, like, what the, you know, what the fuck's going on? Um, and I remember for months going into work and really, like, kind of just, like, talking a lot, spending a lot of time chatting, not doing anything, right? And right there, do you know why that was? Do you know why that was? It's not because, I mean, literally like the day after COVID, I mean, the day after everybody knew what that was, it, it dropped off. And it's because people decided, you know what? The reason I was going to the emergency room this time isn't really an emergency. You should, I wish I could get the data from the numbers. You only saw people, at least for the first week or so, that had actual emergencies. You didn't see all this bullshit, I need a doctor's note stuff, because people were scared to go into the ER, because people were scared they would get sick. It was fantastic. It was fantastic because that's how an ER should be treated. It shouldn't be abused, which it is a, and like I just said, it was abused, obviously. But then people were like, holy shit, I can actually get sick from going up in here, and then it drops off dramatically, right? Hang on one second. So, and it gets worse. That's what I say. Hospitals are just corrupt. You know, a business is only as good as its, uh, what is it, worst employee, best, worst employee. So if you've got people at the top that just care about the bottom line, they don't really care about the health and well-being of not only our patients, but the community like they claim to, let me tell you something. It's going to make you sick. I hope it makes you sick. It made me sick. It made me sick that they didn't want me to say anything about it. So uh, the hospitals got incredibly empty. You did have your patients that were sick, got COVID, and come in. Okay, I'm not saying upstairs wasn't busy. I'm not saying the ICU wasn't busy. I am saying the emergency room was not popping like it typically was by a long shot, right? Restaurants, businesses, everything around town shuts down, okay? They can't have guests come into their restaurant, right? We have to go to work. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. At least where I was. For the first couple months, 
we had to continuously, continuously reuse regular face masks, regular masks. We were reusing gowns, regular gowns. Anybody who's a nurse knows that after you go in there and you're in a room for more than five minutes, you're going to start sweating your whatever private parts you have off and you're going to come out of there. You're going to take that thing. It's going to be peeling. It's going to tear when you take it off. We were forced, not, not for, yes, forced to use holy gowns, reuse masks in and out of these rooms because of supplies, because they were so scared. But, but we still had to go into the rooms. We still had to go do this job, right? Now, I didn't bitch. I didn't care. I was like, whatever. It's just another day for me, which is kind of the point I'm going to get to at some point. Um, so, uh, like, I, like I'm saying, <clears throat> these restaurants from around the town I worked in, a bunch of them, some of them like mom and pop places, most of them mom and pop type places, were bringing the hospital, not just the emergency room staff, but the entire hospital staff. They were bringing us meals for day and night shift employees. So everybody got something to eat. Now, remember what I said. At this time, they could not have guests in their restaurant. They were closed. They could only do deliveries or pickups, right? So they weren't getting near the amount of business they, they, they deserved or they should have been getting. They regularly, regular, Lord Almighty, regularly would have been getting. But still, these angels, truly, these angels of these restaurants, these owners, um, went out of their way, excuse me, went out of their way to, I mean, when I tell you some of these restaurants, guys, were bringing us, I mean, it had to have been thousands of dollars worth of food. And you know what the most disgusting part of that was? Was that I can't tell you how much of that food got thrown away. I just saw it. I'd come in the next day and I'd see that like, I don't know, 80% of the food was still sitting there and had gone bad. But did we tell these restaurants, oh, no, no, it's okay. Save your money. Save your supplies. We know you aren't making money right now. We're slow, actually, right now. It's okay. These guys aren't hungry. They're really just kind of sitting around. Some of them are working on their skills. Some of them are doing their required education, learning bullshit, right? But for the most part, they're just chilling. They're fine. We don't need any of this. Save your money. Save your business. But they didn't say that. You know what hospitals do or did? They let a bunch of nurses go because they could, because staffing was low. And they wanted us to go into these bullshit conditions and do the job. And then when it got slow, they start letting nurses go. And then after that period of downtime, hospitals got busy. And I'm going to tell you what happened. Travel nursing, baby. Travel nursing. It's the bomb. Anybody who's a nurse right now that doesn't have a physical reason that they have to stay. You don't even have to go far, guys. It's like within a 50-mile radius. That's why nursing is short right now. That's why it's hard to find nurses because they're, these travel agencies are paying nurses triple the amount of money to do the exact same job. And if you're a nurse <clears throat> that doesn't have a child or at least a child with a spouse at home, uh, you're, you're going to go do it, right? Anybody who wouldn't take a nursing job that didn't have to, it wasn't required to remain where they were at because of prior obligations is ridiculous, ridiculously 
moronic, I guess, maybe to me. If we have to do this job, this bullshit job they call nursing, and they want us to go in here and continue to treat patients like we have to do, because we can't disobey a doctor order, right? It's against our, we're not the doctors. We are the nurses, right? So even if you're the best, most kind-hearted, you know, uh, good, willing person, nurse provider on earth, um, if you are that person, it would still be in your best interest to go somewhere and provide the most good, but make bank doing it, right? You don't have to be great. I mean, go donate it. I don't care. If you want to be that person, that's great. I support it. That's fantastic. I'm glad you're not a greedy asshole. I'm glad you are literally doing what we're supposed to be doing as healthcare providers, which is going out of our way to make sure these people are taken care of and they know how to take care of themselves, which is really what I want to get into tonight, okay? As far as these heroes work here signs. Um, Remember, nurses out there, patients, I am not saying that every one of the nurses you have ever met, I am not saying that every physician you have ever met is like what I'm going to say. I am saying a lot of them are, and it's pretty easy to tell which ones they are. Most nurses go to work because they are making a check, okay? That's just a fact. Most nurses do not go, I'm just going to use the ER I worked at as an example. Most of the nurses I worked with, they came to work to make a check. I know nurses that could give a fuck less about their patients. They roll their eyes every time they have to go take a, you know, check a call bell. They bitch every time a new order comes up. You know, they're on their laptop or they're chit-chatting with friends or something instead of really like trying to make sure that they are getting the most efficient, effective uh, care in that emergency room that they can provide. And then not only that, I mean, y'all think that behind closed doors that when we walk out of the room, and I'm guilty of it too, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. You think that we're not guilty of walking out, out of that room, shutting that door, and de- as soon as we're down the hall being like, this guy is a prick, man. Are you serious? Like this guy, you know, he can wait. He can wait. You know, it happens. It happens all the time. I promise you anybody who says it doesn't is either a perfect healthcare provider which means they're a liar, uh, or they're just a liar because it happens. What you want is the nurse that does that the least. And I will be the first to admit, I I am not the same nurse that I was in the ER by a long shot. I care for my patients for sure. Um, I probably could have cared for some of them better. I probably could have spent more time with them. But I've learned so much at this home health job. You know, eight months of this job, and I've learned... So much more than I ever did in the emergency room. I'm telling you now, if I went back to the emergency room, I'd be a bomb-ass ER nurse. They'd make a TV show about my ass. Like, I'm just, I'm, I get along with everybody. I have a good rapport with my patients, uh, and I get shit done. I don't, I don't sit around. I'm a team player. I'm emotional and moody sometimes. So, you know, when it's first thing in the morning and it's 6.45 to 7.30, people knew, like, yo, just don't talk to Danny until after he, you know, he's had his Mountain Dews which is, that's just what I was. And it's probably such a shitty mood because I was, you know, relying on all that bullshit sugar that I'm cutting out now. Still haven't had a Mountain Dew, guys, by the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'd go out of there and like char in 
But like, I never, like the job now is so different because there it was just constant bullshit after another. And I didn't get to spend the time like I do with people now. Now I get to spend real time with these people with no nobody around. I don't have supervisors around. I don't have other nurses. You know, sometimes you'll kind of like overlap with other uh, therapies in the home. But even then, I don't hold back with how I talk to my patients. Usually the first time, you know, somebody else I work with is around when I'm doing a, uh, you know, a nursing visit, their eyes kind of get big, like, you know, here, like, wow, you really talk to them like that? I'm like, yeah, how do you talk to them? You talk to them like patients? Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they're not, they're people. That's like literally somebody's mother. That's literally somebody's father. I swear, I'm telling you, hand to God, I tell every patient when I first meet them that I'm going to treat them like I would treat, like they are my mother or my father. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit them. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to them straight because I love my parents and I want the best for them. Right? That's the only way you can really give the best nursing care is if you go into every patient and you look at them and you say, that is my mother. That is my father right there. That's the only way. If you go in there thinking anything less, you cannot provide the best care. And it is hard to do especially in an emergency room setting. Like I said, when you got people coming in with strokes and heart attacks, but you've got six people out in the lobby complaining of abdominal pain and half of them are eating Wendy's and Taco Bell and you've got to see them. You've got to triage them because, oh God, something be going on. It's like, what do you, you know, they bitch. I remember this is a real example. This lady, I walk out, I walk out and I call back a chest pain. And this woman is eating Wendy's right up the road. And she got all mad at me. She called me a cracker ass motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, patient chest pain, call you back. And she was like, this is bullshit. This crack ass motherfucker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I've been here for, an, you know, I've been here for 18 minutes. And it's like, okay, what are you here for, man? Are you bleeding? No. Are you having a are you chest pain? No. Are you having any uh, abdominal pain? Hell yeah, that's what the thing says, doesn't it? And it's like, okay, but you're eating a bag of Wendy's right now. Like, how bad is your stomach? You've been here 18 minutes. This guy could be dying. And you want to call me a cracker-ass motherfucker? And I can't say shit back. But I should have. I should have called security and said, get this bitch out of here. But we can't say that because we have to treat these kinds of assholes. And that's one example right there. Well, I walked right behind that door and was talking to every nurse in there about how much I could not stand that bitch in the lobby. And that I was not going to treat her. Hell no. I'm not going to go get called a crack-ass motherfucker. You know, while she's eating Wendy's for abdominal pain and then go put a smile on my face after that guy was actually having a heart attack. You can tell... A good nurse or a good provider from a bad one by, by the first interaction, how they walk in the room, how they greet you. Do they look you in the eyes or do they, you know, kind of stare past you, not really paying attention, looking into the screen the entire time? I'll tell you right now, I can't stand having these computers. Everything has got to be so well documented that you, we spend, you know, most of the visits staring at the screen because we have to chart so much. Instead of staring at what we're there to treat, it's ridiculous. 
But if you have a provider that comes in and they don't really pay attention to you, they're kind of like, okay, okay, well, I think it's this, without really listening to you, without sitting down and talking to you on a person-to-person level. I'll tell you right now, uh, doctors, physicians, these people are not gods. I I know some that seem to think they are, okay? All they did was go to school a little bit longer than other people. They read some more books, okay? If anybody, you know, medical school, I don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe any schooling is hard if you're motivated and willing to put in the work. I mean, I went to nursing school to meet chicks, didn't really uh, put in the time I should have, and I still passed. So you're telling me these docs that come in there with their, you know, chest hanging out, you know, all fat, like, you know, trying to talk down to people like they know what's up. Like, screw you, man. You're, you're a loser. And nobody can say it. Nobody wants to say it because it's so, you know, these guys are just the bomb. And it's like, dude, y'all make mistakes all the time. And you're lucky you've got good nurses on your back or on your ass to correct your mistakes. Because we're the ones in there doing the work most of the time. We're the ones letting them know what they need. We're the ones getting shit done. I'm not saying they don't do anything. They have a lot of responsibility. There is a lot on these guys' backs, these guys and girls' backs, if they make a mistake. If somebody dies, I have a shit ton of paperwork, and it's sad, I agree. But these guys have to explain what happened. And, like, I think that's a lot harder than doing, just charting what I did. Um, but, but, but you can 100% tell. And, I, like, like, uh, like I said, I'm not the same nurse I was uh, when I was in the ER or even when I was in the, uh, OR, I am, this job has transformed me as a nurse. I literally look at people differently. I see people differently when I'm going out and about. I'm going to be honest with you. I find, I mean, I find, like I said, this job is just constant bullshit. Uh, like as I've explained why, um, and I don't know why, I have this the worst love-hate relationship with this job. This would be, hands down, the best job of my life. If my job and my responsibility was only to focus on getting these people better and not having to worry about all of the bullshit that goes along with it so that somebody gets paid. Hands down. I could do this job with a smile on my face. I could see... 20 patients a day. I would look forward to it because I could finally just sit down and talk to these people like it's my mom or dad and say, yo, dude, mom, dad, hey, cut it out, okay? You're, you're fucking up. You're messing up. And then they say, well, what? And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me explain why. Let me explain this. Let me explain that. And they're like, oh my goodness. Nobody's ever told me this stuff. I've never heard that stuff. And it's like, yeah, I know. I'm the shit. Let your neighbors know. Let your old friends know I'm around here. Okay, guys. I like, I, I, because I, I, like I said, I hate the amount of bullshit charting we have to do. I hate that we have to call the physician every time. I hate that we have to do every little thing for these people. All of this bullshit. It's so ridiculous. The amount of time I spend actually educating a patient and answering their questions versus the amount of time I spend in a computer with my eyes. I swear to God, my eyes have gotten significantly worse since I've started this job because I'm staring at a mother trucking screen all day. Uh, 
But the amount of time I spend talking to a patient versus the amount of time I actually spend looking at the screen and charting, it's, it's probably like 80-20. Literally, 80 being on the, the computer side. It's sad. But that's what we have to do. That's what Medicare and Medicaid want. We have to show every little thing, even if they're not doing anything for themselves. So you get 20% of the time face-to-face -face with a patient and 80% of the time doing all of the documenting. Now, do you think if they maybe change some of that shit so that it wasn't so we have to have every little fucking detail of what this of why the 97-year-old can't walk six miles? Maybe because she's 97 years old, asshole. She doesn't need to walk a mile. Let's just use some common sense, people. It's ridiculous. But they've got to know every little thing. And it's not even that they need to know everything. I'm going to give you another example of what's so messed up about this, this Medicare and Medicaid bullshit that we have in this country, okay? So I have a patient, literally had a patient who was very young. She had a, a procedure done, a cardiac procedure. Um, and I did my assessment, blah, 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 what had to be done. And I send my evaluation off to this secondary company that go, like I said, these people don't know, they've never met the patient. They've never met me. They've never been into the person's house. I send my assessment to them and then I get like a review and their, their disapproval is really what it is. So I sent, I can't give any, I can't give too much information about this person. She's young. That's all I'm going to say. Had a, a procedure. Um, I send it off. She's got, she's independent with everything. This person may or may not have children, wink, wink, multiple children, is able to cook for these children, uh, you know, go run errands if she gets a ride, she's not short of breath. Nothing's going on with this woman. She had a procedure, and she's doing fine with it, right? She's young. She's not 85. So then I send, you know, my, my assessment in, and I come, they come back with like, well, is this person safe to do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like... Yeah, that's what I sent you in the first, in my assessment. I already said she was independent with this. And they were like, well, this person, if she's, if she's independent with something, she can't be, or she must be independent with medications. It, I can't explain it without violating some policy, I'm sure. So I'll, I'll put it this way. It's an algorithm, okay? The, I don't remember if it was Medicare or Medicaid, okay? It's... The point, and, and when I called them out on it, they, were, they couldn't argue with it because this is what it is. So what I said is, I don't even need to go see this patient because of the way this is set up. Because I, the nurse, with my nursing acumen, my knowledge of nursing, right? I go in to see this person. I put the information in, and then somebody, wherever they off, they wherever they are, often the, the cloud world, gets that information, and then they tell me they think I'm wrong, and I'm like, how is this? How can you tell me what I saw with my eyes, what I heard with my ears, what I felt with my hands, and you're telling me I'm, I'm incorrect? And I realized what it is. It's like an, al I don't know if it's the algorithm is the right word. Like I said, you you really don't even need a nurse for this job, at least for the starts of cares, because what it is, is uh, let's say somebody has, uh, let's, I'm going to use a random example, a hip replacement surgery, right? Okay, so 
even if this person's, let's just say they're 18 years old and I'm going to see them, they broke their hip playing football and they are like busting ass. They're like back in it. It was like a hairline fracture. They're back in it. They're doing great because they're 18 and that's what happens, right? Uh, versus me going into a 92 year old, okay? And then what needs to be happening with a 92 year old with a hip fracture? Obviously, they're not going to recover as fast. Obviously, they're probably not going to recover. They're going to continue to get weak, right? So when I go in and put on this uh, football player that got a fractured hip, this person is, is fine. Like, he's cool. He's doing everything he needs to be. He's not even in pain. The, the way it's set up is literally, it goes off of the 92-year-old example. So even if I say this 18-year-old athlete is fully independent with everything, he doesn't even use crutches anymore, he's, and the doctor said that's fine, this company that assesses my assessments says, well, technically, if a person has this procedure, then they are not safe to do X, Y, and Z. So it's like a chart. Like, it doesn't matter what I say. It only matters what, what you have to go off of the government. And what the government or whoever runs this bullshit system is doing is they are saying, if they got a big board up and they say, okay, if somebody has a cardiac procedure, then then uh, they probably can't handle their medications. Uh, they're probably short of breath. Uh, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're dumb as fuck, so we should make their appointments. When they're like, none of that. When it's like they had a freak accident. But I can't put in there, person is independent because they can't get charged for it. It's a sick, twisted, nasty game, guys. It's, it's I mean, that's what it is. And that's probably one of the reasons, you know, None of my uppers would like to come on this show because that's what it is. And I don't want to put them on the spot. Everybody's got a job to do. And I don't know if this is, this probably isn't going to change anything because the only way this is going to change is when you get somebody like my ass in front of a, a shit ton of people who I'll straight up tell them to their face they're wrong. We got too many Nancys out there today that don't want to stand up and say what's right. I'm not one of those people. I would love to go to a town hall with, a, with all the physicians and say, yeah, what the fuck is going on here? You know, with everything I've discussed, I would point it out and I would want them to explain to me what's going on. Why is it that you needed to add that $70 million addition to the hospital when nobody's getting better? You know, oh, it'll make it faster, more efficient. More efficient for you to get money in the bank. Not for these patients. Nobody's getting better. It's a money-hungry, savage, devil-hell system. And a lot of the people that work in it are that type of person who don't have the best at heart in their, uh, in their work ethic. They go there for the paycheck. And I'm not even saying, I, like I said, I, I, may have, I, I may have been like that for a while, or I was from time to time, but not anymore. I literally treat every single person I go into. I don't care if they are dirt fucking poor, living in a shit-infested trailer, eating, you know, raw corn. I don't care. I look at that person like that's my family. I don't care if I go in the next house and it's a wealthy-ass, mansion-living, snobby bitch. I'm going to treat her just like I'm going to treat the dirt-poor person. Exactly. I'm going to talk to them exactly the same. I might adjust how I explain things because maybe the bitch is a little bit smarter than the, the, the dirty person. But, you know, the dirty person is definitely kinder than the bitch. You know, you got to balance, you got to, you got to read the room. Anyways, 
I don't know why I did another episode tonight. I just had to. Just had to go again, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, so let's just hear That's what it is. Call them out. Call out your providers. Let's call out these phonies. Let's get them the hell out of healthcare. If you don't like your job, get out. That's what I tell people. Nobody is forcing you with a gun to your head to do this job. This isn't Korea North, you know? This is America. If you don't like the job, get the fuck out, okay? Go do something else. But don't continue to do something that you're not going to put your heart, not, that you're not going to give the full time and day to each person like you should be. I don't care how tired you are. That's your mother. That's my mother. Like I've, I'll never, get over it. It's a job. Do it like you're supposed to do. All these heroes work here, bullshit. Let me ask you a question, guys. When construction workers are building larger houses, do we congratulate them? Do we put up signs? No, we don't put up signs for them. We're just like, yeah, these guys are just doing their job. We're still paying them the same amount. So why are we different with nursing? It's not. It was a ruse. It was a, 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 a I don't know what another word is. It was a, a, a farce. Money-hungry hospitals. That's all it is. And it's sad. So next time you go, call out your provider. Let them know they're a shitty person. Call and complain. Let them know they, they overlooked you. They didn't spend the time with you. Call them out. Let's get these people written up. Let's get their licenses gone. For real. They shouldn't be in the job if they don't want to treat their patients like it's their mother, father, brother, sister, daughter, son. End of story. All right. I'm out because I swear I'm going to have a stroke doing this show, guys. I swear I'm going to have a stroke. Anyways. <sighs> have a great night. Happy Labor Day once again. I know this is a... Second episode in a 24-hour period. You know I was mad. So uh, talk to you soon. Enjoy your evening. Get your sleep. Do your work. Eat okay. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. God bless.